Hello, welcome to the DNA Show. I'm Damien, and I'm here with Ian. Hello. And Liz. Hi. Hi, Liz. So we had Liz on a few weeks ago to talk about rowing, and uh, we just have her back today to jump in on the conversation. And today we'll be talking about uh, CrossFit and empowering females. Yeah. So um, first thing I want to talk about is why is this topic important? Why should especially in the CrossFit space, um, females be empowered. And, yeah. Well, I'm glad Liz is here to kind of back me up a little bit instead of me being the only spokesperson for women, which I don't want to be, and I don't I want to just preface that I'm not speaking for every woman or, you know, cisgender woman or anything like that. I'm just kind of going off of my own experience, and I'm sure Liz's experience might be a little bit different. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we're just, I mean, it, I mean, it can be, to me, it's just female of any, you know, any kind of female experience within the gym. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. Why is it important? Why is it important? <laughs> Why do you think it's important? I mean, uh, go off your own experience. I mean, I think just in, in general, in our society, um, finding a space for women to feel empowered and to feel strong and to feel either, you know, equal, um, is important and certainly in the gym environment it's no different mm-hmm. okay. cool. well I mean I know that it, and typically the gym environment when we think about it has been kind of preserved or saved for men specifically it's been very safe for them and it's like a kind of more of a typical yeah I don't know how to say it but it, it's always been assumed that men can feel comfortable there and women mm-hmm. tend to have to carve out their own kind of path in yeah. a gym. Yeah. So when I used to go to a, a global gym, just a New York sports club back when I was in high school, I remember when I was, there was a weightlifting room with all the free weights and machines and all that stuff. And then there was the cardio room with all the ellipticals and whatnot. So when I, I spent most of my time in the weightlifting room um, and shocking, yeah, right. it would be, it would be unusual to see a female in there. And if there was, it was uh, a bodybuilder, like someone that was very, very into it. That was like their career. That's what they did. Um, and when I went into the cardio room, which I, I went there for the water mostly. Um, it was mostly, (laughs) it was mostly females. And I felt, I felt uncomfortable being in that room. Um, I felt like it was weird for me to be there because like guys should be lifting weights. Like that's, that was my perception when I was in high school. Um, do you think it's the same way or the opposite for female? Well, I, I know one thing I can go off my own experience. So I can tell you the first time, well, I did. So it would, the YMCA was a member of the YMCA all growing up as a kid and learned how to use the machines, the isolation machines and felt really comfortable with those. And that wasn't really a problem, but there was only, I remember there only being a, a small section for free weights and it was probably more like Smith machines and stuff like that, which I never learned how to do and I never used and never went over to the dumbbells or anything like that. Um, but it wasn't until high school when I took a strength training class my senior year of high school. And it was because I already knew at that point that I was going to be going to college and playing soccer. And it was there that I was exposed to how to squat and deadlift and things like that. And I, it was me and maybe one other female in that whole class. Um, and the rest were all football players. Mm-hmm. It was me and maybe one other woman and that's it. And it was fun. I loved it, but that was my only experience. And I did that because I knew I was going 
into college and I knew that I was going to have to learn how to do that. Now, I don't know if those things have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that was over 20 years ago for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what the exposure can be in a high school setting and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's what it's what's, we're led to as girls, right, when we're younger. And that's my, my experience. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, historically, we as women are, are not meant to take up much space, whether that's conversationally, whether that's um, in a relationship. You know, we're sort of in the background. We're the smiling face. Um, and I think that that translates into our body size as well. We're meant to be slimmer and smaller. Um, and the idea of taking up space and having muscles is sort of counter to what the popular culture has been in the past. Um, and it's not something that I necessarily thought a lot about growing up, you know, as a, as a kid, as an athlete, as with supportive family and supportive parents, it never really occurred to me to worry about like my size or my, you know, space and the amount of strength that I had, but it definitely wasn't something that was a given in my culture. Definitely, you know, there weren't girls in the weight room. I never was taught how to lift weights until I got into college and was a a college athlete. So it just wasn't part of my experience until I became a young adult, I think. Mm -hmm. So if you never played an organized sport, do you think you ever would have learned to lift weights uh, as outside of this setting, I guess? No, no, no I'm definitely not. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was only because, you know, because of our organized sport that we were led to it. Yeah. And like same for me in college, I, I think I've talked about it before in here that I found out that I enjoyed the weight room way more than the soccer field pretty early on in my college career. And again, I was really lucky to have access to an incredible strength and conditioning program for a D1 school. Um, but I mean, how many women get that access? And granted, I think because of CrossFit now, you can get exposed to that at a younger age. You don't have to be, um, exposed to sports or, you know, maybe your parents do it now, but, um, back then, which was over 20 years ago, there, there were no, there were no options for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how do you think that social media and, television and celebrities and all that stuff plays into how women look at themselves and treat themselves. I think you can take this one, Liz. I don't really identify with a lot of... I mean, you can't. social media all the time. Well, I don't... I mean, I personally don't identify with a lot of, like, of the typical feminine Mm -hmm. stuff. And I think nowadays, with my profession and my people I spend my time with, I actually am surrounded by you know, the, the stronger community mm-hmm. and, and the place that may be counter to what's, what's typical. But I think in general, there, there still is that understanding that women are, are thin and we're lean and, and we're best when, um, you know, we just have, we fit a certain mold, but I think that definitely is changing. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're able to find that that niche, then you definitely can see the, the strength of women all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like it's, for me, it's just, normal now you know i I wouldn't imagine life any any other way different yeah we're surrounded by women that are focused on health and getting stronger and all that kind of stuff yeah i mean i feel really lucky that the women that i'm surrounded by and here um that come in all different shapes and sizes and i but i do get a little i do get really concerned about the way um that you know instagram has a huge because it's so focused on photos and videos um, has its own culture that can be really inundating to your psyche. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, f- I've also did sp- spend a lot of my time when I was competitive with CrossFit, always feeling like I didn't look um, 
big, strong enough or whatever that, that, yeah, there was in, in like, I always comparing what my physique should look like for someone who was at my mm. level. Um, a lot of time spent on that, which is wasted, wasted mm. energy. I actually, I think that's a, a really good point. Um, even with, with the growth of, of women taking on different forms and growing stronger, there still is that, you know, idea of, of what it should look like, you know, whether now it's with the Kardashian look mm-hmm. with the, the bigger uh, booty, um, <laughs> or, you know, there's a certain, so, but it's still very similar. You, you focus on an area of your body and you take it out of its functional uh, functionality and you make it look a certain way that's intended for a certain purpose, which is actually not what I think is supposed to happen is that you you work hard and and you try to make yourself as healthy as possible and as strong as possible um, and what it comes out to look like might not be you know the cover of a magazine but still there are the, the that setting of well you know great be strong but maybe look a certain way that still definitely exists mm-hmm. right yeah so I mean I think CrossFit has I mean any any we still have we're gonna have all this stuff that we're fighting against you know turning that stuff off that's been socially kind of um, ingrained in us but the the but there's a lot of amazing things that happen in the CrossFit space that um, seems very unique to where where we are. And, and it might just not even just be CrossFit anymore, but at that same kind of micro gym environment where women are really occupying in the majority of the space. I, I know we have more female members than male members. Mm-hmm. We kind of always have, I mean, over the last five years plus. Um, but I, I mean, I, and I assume that most CrossFit gyms, from what I've heard, actually are pretty even or maybe have more females than, than males. So Why do you think that is? What is it about a CrossFit space that is more attractive to than a global gym? Um, well, I think, you know, I do think that women will typically spend more money on stuff like this. I mean, really easily and readily and um, uh, because of all the social pressures. But um, that... I don't know because maybe because it's actually accessible to them that it doesn't have to be. Um, there's nothing that says that it has to be a male space. I, I don't really know. I mean, I know for the valley, it's just more indicative of the demographic that we have, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I feel like I see a lot of women in gyms more often than you realize. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it also feeds that sort of natural competitive spirit, and maybe women don't always get to share that in other realms uh, in jobs or other experiences where men get to sort of just tout their, their, their competitive nature and they're, they're fighting for the top. And they're uh, rewarded for it. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but in here, you know, we get to get down and get gritty and, and try to do our best. And we get to, you know, fight for that spot every single day mm-hmm. as individuals, but also as a community. And we get to sort of cheer each other on and see each other just succeed day in and day out. And it's just a positive, empowering feeling. Yeah. I think in this gym, especially it comes from the top down. Like we have a lot of female staff members that are in high positions. And currently I'm, I take, I, my coaching role is most of the male role in the gym and the rest is filled by females and mile a little bit, um, which is pretty cool. I think that sets a really cool precedent and it kind of, it wasn't always that way. And you know, it it took a long time. Um, but yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I just realized I never heard, um, a woman in the gym say that they felt uncomfortable lifting here or being here because of, uh, men or like the way that men are acting here. 
it might be because women don't open up to that kind of thing about yeah, me. Yeah, they'll probably be more accurate. I mean, I feel like I've heard things over the years yeah. for sure, but but that um, but that's tends to. And, but I hear that a lot of women own own that. Yeah, you know, they own that. That well, I mean, I've heard. You know, it it can be really uncomfortable for some women, um, and especially some. Uh, queer women that, you know, that there's a lot, when it's an overly masculine space, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can, it can be overwhelming and even still it can be here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and, you know, it could depend on the class time at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, you know, we've changed a lot over the years and, um, but in general, yeah, yeah, I think that they, we do our very best to make everybody feel comfortable and mm-hmm. that when you can see other women around you, um, lifting weights and they're really enjoying it. I personally, every time I've taught a woman for the first time how to lift a barbell, like getting that barbell in their hands is actually like kind of a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so, I mean, yeah. you just see them light up and it's like, wow, like, okay, this is actually a lot of fun. I can see why we do this. Like it, something about the steel in your hands is, um, is it, you know, I think it's universal. Mm-hmm. Nice. Did you, did either of you have any female role models in high school? Or college? I mean, you um, both played sports, mm-hmm. so... I think some of my role models were, you know, musicians. Alanis mm. Morissette was really important <laughs> to me when I was younger. Um, and, and when I was uh, early on in college, the, the upperclassmen college mm. athletes. Um, but I think what they all sort of had in general was just a, a strong presence, mm-hmm. and, and that can, you know, be literal or not, but just the... You know whether it was a, a strong female vocalist uh, or you know a strong uh, female comedian or an athlete, um, anyone that I really looked up to just were able to hold their own and were confident in what they were doing and mm-hmm. felt uh, able to just be there and, and do their thing and, and are proud of what they were doing. Did did those people go against the grain typically, or or the other way around, or neither? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, they weren't you know loved by all. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes me just love them more. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I remember I mean I had a my college soccer coach. She she fought for me quite a bit and um she wasn't the best coach. She knew it. She wasn't actually really good um at coaching soccer, but she like technically. Yeah, okay. I mean she was a good organizer and whatnot, but she really you know, she was very adamant about um supporting the girls on her team and you know, she fought for me in, in ways that was really important and be, having a female coach was really important then because, um, you know, I, I grew up in a time when there was no actually women or girls traveling club teams. Um, we had to, you know, if you wanted to play, you had to play on the boys' teams and, you know, it was all pretty, all the sports for soccer was pretty new or the years was pretty new and things like that. So that having a female coach was really important for mm-hmm. me. Okay. So how how have you seen um, the shift take place within the last twenty years? So you just said that it was it was much less likely that women would play in sports when they were younger, or you would have to play on a boys' team. And now, obviously, I think there's a lot more female sports, and it's a lot easier to gain access to that kind of stuff. So I guess that is how it is changing. But why do you think that's happening? TV and internet. Yeah, and I think. I mean, it's just we're getting more progressive. I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like just just based on on my experience, it always seemed accessible. I think yeah. you know, it always just seemed like you know, you play sports and you play to win, and it wasn't really a question of of how you looked doing it. Um, and then 
I mean, the fact that I think CrossFit was easy, was relatively easy for me to find and felt really comfortable joining and something I could stay with for, you know, five or six years just shows that it must be something that's accessible. The fact that it was just, you know, I found it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know that for, for me, for soccer, it was the, the, uh, women the u.s women's team when they really got a lot of notoriety really changed a lot for mm-hmm. in general for girls soccer and women's soccer all across the board and i mean i was the in the first recruiting class of my my team in college so it was a new program and it was developing so that was just kind of the era but um yeah for i mean i think i think something like crossfit has been able to bring different options to anybody at any age um, that, yeah, like that you never would have had exposed to otherwise. Like, who would, where else would you learn the clean? I mean, I learned the clean in college, but I played a power sport. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people got to learn that otherwise. Mm-hmm. I think CrossFit also um, was sort of equal from from the get go. It didn't have to sort of catch back up uh, or catch up as other sports have um, when they first had the games. The the cash prize for the winners for men and women is. Were, it was the same, mm-hmm. and they never had to sort of change and figure out like, okay, we need to make women, you know, equal to men. Now it kind of started as this is a sport for men and women, and we're going to treat them the same. At least that's kind of how they made it appear mm-hmm. to seem. Well, yeah, and they would change the leaderboard every other day and every year. They change it where like it's not always the men are always going first and the women mm-hmm. are going second. They always try to change it back and forth, and um, whether it's from um, year to year or day to day within the games and the in regionals. So it's you know, no one's getting a bigger spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if people have ever really noticed that, but it's true. That's how they've always done it. And when I, you know, first first joined the gym and first heard about CrossFit and all I did was YouTube things, I just wanted to learn more. The first thing that I saw were, was those video of those OG CrossFit girls doing, I don't even remember what Nasty workout. Nasty girls. Oh, Nasty yeah, girls, yeah. 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 And that that's what popped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that our, our benchmark workouts are named after women. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just seems inherently women driven in some way even though it wasn't a woman who invented the sport yeah that's something that like i I think i've talked about that before like the nasty girls video was the first thing i ever saw about crossfit and Mm -hmm. how for as a female how i mean i i know that that's not unique to me or you Mm -hmm. like a lot of women who found crossfit especially in the early days like that was their first exposure Mm -hmm. and that was the most inspiring thing Mm -hmm. if you ever go back and look at that old video there it's nicole eva and annie sakamoto and they're doing strict muscle ups Mm -hmm. And uh, what else they're doing? Clean, uh, squat clean. They're doing, they're doing, no, they're doing nasty girls. What am I talking about? They're doing Mm -hmm. nasty girls. But, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they're doing strict muscle ups and you're like, I like, and they had the tall amazing. socks. Can we bring the tall socks back, please? <laughs> yes. Bring them back. That with the the male crop top. Yep. Yes. Yep. I'm determined. Yeah. Cool. Um, so there still is some resistance to women doing strength training, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, why? I mean, again, I can't. I, I want to be careful. I don't want to speak for everybody. Okay, yeah. I, I think I think it's you know in general we we live in a male dominated society. We're yeah. not we're not we're not quite there yet, and I just think the thought of a marginalized group getting stronger is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's also an an ideal that they have for women that mm-hmm. just getting stronger sort of breaks that, and I think that the status quo is not comfortable. How much do you think it has to do with aesthetics, like? A lot. I yeah. mean, you get the famous words, my my bulk, bulky, uh-huh. and tone, 
right? And those are the words that like you still hear a lot. I, I'm pretty grateful to not hear it as much as I used to, but um, women don't want to get bulky, quote unquote. And I understand that. Like if someone's already been struggling with their weight and or most of their life, they they have a lot of fear. It, um, you know, or if someone knows that they gain weight or gain size, like muscle really quickly, that really can be really intimidating for them. And when they have a lot of this social pressure and their own sense of what, what they want to look like. Um, but, but what they don't really realize is how difficult it is. Yeah. Can we talk about that a little to bit? To look like that. I'm still trying to get to that bulk. Um, <laughs> it's been 10 years, but yeah, I, it's hard to do that. Right. Like if you, if you look at CrossFit Games athlete and you're like, well, I don't want to do CrossFit because I don't want to look that way. Well, then don't <laughs> work no out for six hours a day, mm-hmm. six days a week, and you should be good. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think the conversation shouldn't be, don't worry, you won't look like that. Mm-hmm. It should be, you should, we should be okay with you looking mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You know, I wish it would shift a little bit and being like, yeah some of us get bulky and that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's and, point. well that's a safe space for, for those people who do and they're okay with it or some people shift and be like you know what yeah actually mm-hmm. i do want muscle yeah. when and they've been here long enough it really depends like but it does it's to each is each their own if they want if whatever they want but you can you can get what you want out of crossfit if you want to mm-hmm. stay lean and um whatnot you can do that and if you want to get stronger and you want to get um, put a lot of muscle mass on you, you can, you can do that. And you can do a lot of that through diet as well. Yeah, most of, it has to do most of that has to do with the diet and then, you know, your expression of your genetics. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if there I should, you get bigger. <laughs> but if, if someone, if we, I know, <laughs> sorry, Liz, <laughs> you've been working so hard. <laughs> it's been happening. It's happening. Know, a little bit. Um, but if you, if you really, you know, sometimes people change their mind here and then they really embrace it. And it's again, it's okay here if you want to. Um, but we'll also support you if you really want to stay lean and you don't want, and you don't really want to put that muscle on. I mean, it's really easy to do, you know, you keep your weights pretty light and then that won't really happen, but don't eat a surplus of calories. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's just, you know, most people kind of, it just gradually happens the longer you're here, Mm -hmm. um, of, of realizing what your body will do. And I think over time it might shift. Like if someone comes in hesitant to put on muscle over time, they might think it's actually pretty cool. And, like, you see all these other people in the gym that look and feel that way and feel really good about themselves and live healthy, capable lives. And you might be like, oh, wow, that's actually that's actually pretty cool. I might want that now. Well, a good point to that is that because it's not it, – it, at a certain point, it no longer becomes about how they look. It becomes what yeah. they can do within the gym. Mm-hmm. If you've been here long enough and you, you know, you've been fighting to get that first pull-up, well, getting that first bullet probably comes with just a little bit more muscle on your back and a little bit more muscle on your arms, just yeah. a little bit, you know, right? So it they know, you know, that it depends on what we want more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my favorite things about CrossFit is when someone who's who knows nothing about CrossFit comes in and, like, they don't even know what a pull-up is and then three months later when they get their first one, that's, like, the best thing that could possibly happen to them. Like, three months ago, they had no idea what it was. It's like all these opportunities open up for you to like achieve something and be happy about something, and that's just super cool to me. Yeah, your 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 mind is expand, expanded a little yeah. bit about what is possible. There's a lot of coming in, especially for a lot of women. They come in and they never realize that it, they could climb a rope or they could get their first pull up or you know um, you know lift a certain amount, squat a certain amount of weight, and they didn't even know they wanted those goals mm-hmm. when they walked mm-hmm. through the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you have any 
CrossFit Games athletes, females on the top of your head that kind of embody the whole, like, all this empowerment? I'm, I'm sure all of them do to a certain extent, but are there any that, like, really stick out to you and, like, this is their one of their focal points in creating a platform? I mean, I'm kind of think, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, like, Brooke Entz. <laughs> like, Brooke Entz is probably probably one of them, mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah, she, she's good at doing her own thing yeah. and not caring what people think. Yeah. Um, Camille. Yeah. Um, I just love her, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think she just she just does does her thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't, actually, I don't think she necessarily stands up and stands out as mm-hmm. a speaker or for the gender, at least not in the way that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just do their thing. And, oh, uh, <laughs> Ian, tell us what you're shaking no, your no, head. No, I'm not gonna say it. Mm-hmm. I also yeah. like that she doesn't necessarily have the look that all the other yeah. games athletes look. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. She's nice. Oh, yeah. I never met her, but she's nice. I've met her. Um, <laughs> Hopefully she's not listening to that. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, uh, I feel like, well, well, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I love, I, there, I, you know, there are a few that really do a good job, but I, I do appreciate um, Tia Claire Toomey. She actually mm-hmm. was pretty honest about how insecure she was until she actually won the games. Yeah. I think that's really important that you have to remember that, like, oh, these people are actually really amazing, are really still very human, um, and have a lot of their own crap to deal with. Um, so that that part I think is inspiring. Um, I don't know how much she uses it as a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I don't think there very much. But there, there's some athletes that do it more than others. I think Margot Alvarez does a really good job. A really positive message, a yeah. lot. Um, but you know, the reason I ask is I've I've watched like a lot of the behind the scenes from the games. I don't know if you two watch them, but there's a few times where I've seen like young girls ask for autographs from cross female CrossFit Games athletes, and it's like they're their role models and that that like they follow them as their sport and i think that has a lot to do with their parents doing crossfit as well but now they have these these females in this role model position that are strong and capable and i don't i think there's a lot of role models in like soccer and i think gymnastics is a really good one but aside from that i don't know how like female sports as role models to young kids um, yeah, I mean, I feel a lot dated on that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, maybe, I was never a young some, woman. Maybe you know, moms out there who, you know, mm-hmm. say more to that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Um, I know all of my kids following games athletes and kind of seeing that strength is mm-hmm. beauty in itself. Yeah. What do you see the future of this, or how do you see this continuing to evolve? Well, I mean, I personally, I mean, it's a mission of mine and it's a passion of mine to uh, uh, change people's lives, especially women's lives. I mean, mean, I've been pretty open about that um, through what we do here at PVCF. And, um, you know, I feel really grateful that I know I have changed a lot of women's lives Mm -hmm. and queer people's lives and um, create a safe space. I really want, I mean, I really think of CrossFit as a sense of empowerment and... um, through connection, through personal relationships, and a way for self-actualization um, through fitness. You know, something as simple as fitness, but it's a, that kind of mind-body experience. But, I, you know, we have the, the privilege to be able to really reach a lot of people in a very unique way. And um, so I think that it's just going to continue to be this space uh, for women to grow into this and really redefine 
what beauty might be, what strength, who strength is for, um, what you can do with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> I have some clients, you know, she put it really well. I love it. She's just like, she's like, this is like the best, it's like a embodiment of, of a feminist, a feminist experience. And like, she, you know, she, uh, she feels very strongly that it, it's a, it's a feminist act coming in here. And I, I'm so down for that. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it really can be if you really want to, if you want it to be. Okay. I think it can also be a way of, um, unifying women. Uh, we create this sense of community here. And, and though obviously there's that competitive nature, it's, it's a positive competitiveness, um, and a sense of camaraderie and joy in each other working as hard as we can and showing our carnal strengths and sort of stripping it all down, just being very strong women together. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many spaces we can find that in the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's such a positive, empowering experience, especially, especially in PVCF, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Word. Word. <laughs> okay, cool. That's all I got. Um, is there anything that either of you would like to add to this? Um, well, if you happen to be on the outside looking in, I mean, try to come in, give us um, a look, and like we'd be happy to meet you, and you know, we'd love to see if we can help change your life yeah. a little bit. Yeah, um, I just want to drop a YouTube video, two YouTube videos, really quick. Um, if any of this interested you, um, two really cool YouTube clips are "Beauty and Strength" and "Letting Beauty Speak." Yeah, I love those two. That's it. Awesome. All right, cool. Thanks, Damien. Thank you. We'll catch you next week. (laughs) See ya.